the, then the thing that really sets me off is, well, once we have a vaccine, then everything will go back, back to normal. To normal. Yeah. And I say, you mean like the flu vaccine that's 8% effective? I don't worry. I catch if, I mean, if I had a brake pad manufacturing company for cars and my brake pads were 8% effective, I would be out of business. George Floyd was not taken out because he was black. George Floyd was taken out because he was owed major drug money by Derek Shaven. When you're making vaccines that are 8% effective for the flu that you have to change every year, which, by the way, give most people that take them the flu, the flu. And you're going to tell me that this new, and they can't sue, you can't sue them for this without going through the VAERS court, which is a joke. And you're going to tell me that once we have a untested, brand new, rushed through vaccine, then everything is going to go back to normal? Good luck with that. I'll tell you what, they're going to test it in Africa, like they're doing, kill a bunch of Africans, pay them off $1,000 per person, which is the maximum that they have to spend if they kill somebody. So they already know that because it's way cheaper to kill them there than kill them here found out what the Chinese Communist Party, the Red Dragon, is doing to these people and have been doing to these people for the last 20 years in China, sending hundreds and thousands of innocent Falun Gong practitioners, Uyghur Muslims, house Christians, and Tibetan Buddhists. Particularly 95% of um, the victims of Falun Gong practitioners to be state-mandated hospitals, concentration camps, death camps, military facilities, uh, military facilities run by the Chinese military at the behest of the, of the highest-ranking officials of the Chinese Communist Party to create a illegal, sanctioned, forced organ harvesting business. Hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We are coming to you from the greatest country in the world, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Paul Aguilar. We really appreciate you guys stopping in. Uh, I know it's been a while. I hope everybody had a great Christmas break and a happy new year. I hope everybody's doing fine. Uh, if you guys are catching us on YouTube and you aren't already a subscriber, please consider hitting that subscribe button, um, as well as the bell icon and hitting that thumbs up. That'll really help us out as well. Uh, if you guys are on the go and you want to check us out, you can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio at Truth Defender Podcast. Uh, we'll have all the links to our social media down below, Twitter, Getter, Instagram, Facebook, and Rumble. Um, and if you guys have any questions or comments for myself or our guests, guests or topic recommendations, you can shoot us an email at dtruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Uh, our next guest is Mr. Mike Ricksecker. Uh, author, ghost historian, publisher, paranormal investigator, live stream host, and public speaker. Uh, he's written a handful of books as well. You guys can catch all of his books and all of the information about them on his website, uh, MikeRicksecker.com. Um, he's also does the podcast um, that's connecting the universe with Mike Ricksecker as well. Is that correct? Yeah, connecting the universe. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, without further ado, Mr. Mike Ricksecker, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty well, Paul. Thanks for having me on tonight. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so we've kind of been teasing the audience for a while. Uh, we were actually going to get together kind of before Christmas, before everything kind of fell apart. And then right. um, we've been kind of missing each other here recently. But, you know, like I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll totally my fault. I'll, I'll own it. <laughs> no, 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 it's all right. Uh, but the important part is that we got here and, you know, we're up and running. So uh, I really appreciate you taking the time as well. Um, so I want to get this right. How many books do you actually have out and which is the latest one? Yeah, I have 12 books out right now. The latest is Alaska's Mysterious Triangle, which was 
inspired by my uh, the time that I spent on the television show, The Alaska Triangle, which right. uh, aired on uh, Travel Channel. So, um, and, and I also spent three years there when I was uh, a member of the U.S. Air Force. So, nice. um, yeah, so it was great to actually be able to go up there again, visit some of my old haunts, and then get a chance to actually write about it all as well. Right, right. Yeah, so it's, let me take a look at these books here. So, uh, Walk in the Shadow is a complete guide to shadow people, uh, which is very interesting as well. Uh, and the historic paranormal books, Ghosts of Maryland, Ghosts and Legends of Oklahoma, Campfire Tales, Midwest, Ghost Story and Case Files, Volume 1, and the Encounters with Paranormal Series. Um, we also, even on the, on the Travel Channel, uh, The Alaska Triangle, Animal Planets, The Haunted, and Bio Channels, uh, my ghost story as well. So you're all over the place. Also, Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, which is obviously world-renowned. Uh, we all know about that show. Uh, so there's like a handful of, I mean, very long list of shows and books and everything. So you stay busy, huh? <laughs> yeah, I do stay pretty busy. And, uh, you know, the the one that I'm really proud of is The Shadow Dimension, which is a docu-series that I produce and directed. It's running on Tubi TV right now. So uh, you can go out there and, and watch that for free if you like. It's a six-part docu-series all about uh, you know, the, the world of, of shadow entities and mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying, to, trying to discern, okay, are these you know, interdimensional beings that we're working with or you know, human spirits? You know, a, a lot of different theories. You know, we get into uh, you know, ancient history and, and right. things like that as well. Yeah, so it's it's all. I mean, the shadow people is always obviously very interesting. Um, you have it all over the world, and a lot of people see a lot of crazy things. Uh, I've had an experience once when I think was a ghost person. I'm not sure, but uh, it was quite terrifying. Uh, but yeah. um, so it's so. I also found out here that you're actually on the on the. I guess it's on iTunes, right? It's uh, Who Saw the Men in Black, which is a show with Richard Dolan, uh, yourself, and John F. Burroughs, right? Yeah, and uh, Richard Doty's a part of that as well. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, fantas- a fantastic documentary that was uh, produced by Darcy Weir, uh, who saw the men in black. Yeah, and you can find that on iTunes, Amazon, a couple other locations okay. as well. Uh, and I was really, you know, happy to be a part of that. I, I met Darcy. Uh, well, we had, we had him on our show uh, last year you know, kind of talking a lot of, you know, UFOs and things like that. But I actually got a chance to meet him. Uh, both of us were speaking at the uh, UFO mega conference uh, in Laughlin last June. And you know, we got to talking about, you know, some different topics in, you know, the topic of men in black came up because that's, it is something that I've covered in in my work as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, um, I mean, so I guess we can kind of break down what, I mean, obviously, everybody's seen the movie Men in Black, uh, Will Smith and such. And uh, the first one, like, I guess, was probably the best one. The last few, even, even the latest one was eh, but whatever. <laughs> for, for everybody out there, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people liked it. But um, so I guess we can kind of break down, I guess, when kind of Men in Black first, I guess, started being reported as being seen and kind of what people think they are and why they exist can kind of go over that kind of history. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the men in black are, uh, there's, there are a lot of different ideas and theories as to who and what they may actually be. Are they part of some sort of secret government organization? Are they extraterrestrials? You know, what exactly are these things? Uh, They, they seem to show up in locations which have had UFO activity. And this dates back to uh, the, you know, the late 1940s, 40s, the Murray Island uh, incident. 
and others around that time. So this is like around you know Roswell era and then into the 1950s. And the story that I always like to uh, to tell is with Albert K. Bender, and he's the guy that founded the International Flying Saucer Bureau in 1952 during the big UFO flap. And it was a fantastic organization. It blew up immediately within the first year that went international. Uh, you know, they had offices in the UK, in Australia. Uh, they had a, a monthly newsletter that they were putting out. And this is, you got to remember, this is a time in which, you know, there was no internet. Uh, everything was done via snail mail. To make a long distance call was very expensive. Right. Uh, so, you know, to be able to create an organization so big in such a short period of time is a major accomplishment. And then all of a sudden, a year later, just boom, he closed down shop. And, you know, everybody wondered why. And so there were rumors that were percolating about, you know, did the men in black get to him? And there are some stories by uh, Gray Barker in the 1950s that he published, you know, basically suspecting that it was, it was the men in black. Right. And it was to, to some point. And in the early 1960s, uh, Bender published a book, Flying Saucers and the Three Men, in which he explained what happened. And, uh, you know, he was basically being followed, you know, by these, uh, by these guys, you know, and, and this seemed, you know, very men in blackish, of course, but it, it was even more so. So um, while he saw like one at the movie theater, one while he's walking down the street, those sorts of things, there's one night he ventures into, he goes home, ventures into his bedroom and through the wall materialized these three hat wearing shadowy entities with glowing eyes that smelled like sulfur. Now, when I'm first hearing this story, I'm thinking, like we mentioned earlier, you know, shadow people, this is a, this is a shadow person story. You know, what in the world's going on here? Right. He believed that these were extraterrestrials. He had some interactions with them. And the story that he told was that these were extraterrestrials that had actually established a base in Antarctica, were harvesting resources from the earth. And they told him he wasn't allowed to talk about their existence until they had left the planet. Uh, which their their stay of, of time here on the planet was 15 years. And when he published the book was after they had left. Uh, but other people hear the story and they think, again, a, a, a man in black story. These are the men in black. So which one is it? And it's kind of like, depending on which lens you're looking at the story through, you know, it could be something supernatural. It could be an ET. It could be these men in black. Right. Yeah, it's always been kind of fascinating, I guess, you know, when you hear stories about men in black um it's always kind of associated with ufos and i had never really heard any kind of stories at least personally that they'd be associated with any other kind of i guess phenomenon um it's it's only always ever been like if somebody had seen a ufo or they had some kind of an experience with one um then all of a sudden these guys would just be there and you know they'd come and you know maybe intimidate somebody or just kind of remind them that hey you know maybe it would kind of be wise of you to just misremember what you thought you remembered or what you thought you saw, um, you know, kind of for your own good. And that's always kind of been like, like the feeling that everybody would get whenever they have any kind of interaction with them. Um, have you ever heard of any, like any other times when they'd be, when they'd have many black show up that weren't associated with UFOs? Have there any, ever been anything else like that? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times they're associated with, 
other you know, top secret government uh, incidents that are going on. Again, it, it does usually seem to be UFO associated, but um, there could be other secretive uh, things going on within the government that they do show up. Maybe you've you've seen something you weren't supposed to, and it might not be a UFO. It might be some other uh, you know, military technology or something like that, that uh, they, they will show up at the house. They want to know what you saw and what you think you know about what you saw, uh, feed you a story, intimidate you, that sort of thing. And, uh, and then they'll keep tabs on you for a while. So, um, you know, my, my friend, Richard Doty, who was also part of that, uh, that documentary who saw the men in black uh, has actually worked with, uh, the, the real men in black. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a small contention out of Fort Belvoir and, you know, that's kind of their methods. They're, uh, they're covert yet intimidating. Uh, now, now I'll get a, it's, it's funny. I'll get accused sometimes of, uh, you know, perhaps I was a, a man in black cause I spent a few years at NSA right. and, uh, and there were times that I had to, you know, dress up in the suit and everything. Cause there were some, um, uh, facilities outside the main NSA campus in which it was basically a secret location hidden in plain sight that, yeah. They didn't want people knowing the general public knowing that this was actually a military operation. So we would have to kind of dress up and play the part, uh, but we weren't doing the, uh, you know, the interrogations and the intimidation and all that, 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 that was saved for the other guys. Sure. Oh, yeah. I'm all, all too familiar with uh, hiding plain sight, you know, I've, especially like around Washington, you see a lot of buildings that are mm-hmm. kind of like out there. They just have no like, markings on the on the buildings no numbers no names there's like no nothing but inside there's some kind of law enforcement agency working out of there um i spent a lot of time in that area when i was in the navy so i would go through there like in and out and stuff so yeah so you get it yeah yeah, so i'm very very (laughs) familiar with with all that kind of stuff and i spent a lot of time in, in south carolina a lot of people don't know that we actually have nuclear reactors in that part of the country and and stuff and it's yeah there's a lot of crazy stuff out in the middle of the woods that you would see or you wouldn't see, but it's, yeah, I'm all, I'm all too familiar with it. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing. And, you know, just to think that, you know, they're just always out there watching you, when, especially when you don't have any idea that, you know, they exist or that they're, that they're out there and then all of a sudden they're at your door, you know, for whatever reason. And it's, it's kind of a weird thing. You know, obviously you hear a lot of stories about people that have seen them and they always talk about how they kind of, try to act human i guess you would say you know they don't know how to dress they can't really speak correctly and 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 things like that and it's i always i always find it fascinating that a lot of people would say that they try to like mimic humans which would kind of lead you down the path of are they actually human are they like a like robots or whatever of some kind but um it's it's definitely odd when they actually have experiences with them um yeah, and that, those are more of the the ET type. So those are almost like uh, similar to what you know Albert K. Bender had experienced, where um, and, and they had warned him off of his his UFO research. But yeah, a lot of them seem you know very similar in nature, like same stature. They don't have any hair. Uh, they're very very rigid, and so they almost seem uh, inhuman. And some of these could be uh, you know ETs that are you know again you know maybe there's something going on within the world and they don't want to be found out. They don't want to be discovered. Whatever it is that they're doing, you know, stay away or something's going to happen to you. Sure. 
Yeah, I've always found it interesting. No, you've, you've seen the footage of um, uh, the two men in black there at Niagara Falls, right? I think I think I have. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's it's two guys. They're they're walking into the hotel there uh, at Niagara Falls. There had been a UFO sighting, and you know, again, very like stern, very rigid. They're wearing the hats, uh, no hair, and they want to see the manager and the individual that saw the UFO. Um, and, and that's really all the information we have. But from you know the eyewitness accounts, you know their whole discernment was very very rigid. Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird thing. Um, I mean, I've I've heard it. I've heard different stories from a lot of people. Um, spoke with a with Raymond Zmansky, um, who actually had what he thought was a Men in Black encounter when he used to work at Wright Wright Patterson Air Force. Uh, base and and he you know he said he was sitting out there one day and like at the smoke deck and, and then he saw what he thought was man in black and he went up to him and was like hey can i take your picture you know the snap blah blah, blah. And, the, and the guy was like no well i don't think that's a good idea you know whatever but so it's, it's kind of interesting that you have cases where there's people that they speak to somebody that they think is a man in black and they seem normal i mean this guy was out there smoking or whatever but so there's like that aspect of aspect of it but then you have others where you know like you said there's no hair no no features and stuff like that um and then they look like they're well they talk like they're robotic and like you know freaking monotone and all that stuff and it's just like a weird way how they show up i guess depending on what the occasion is or you know i guess how far they have to go to actually intimidate somebody but um i mean you obviously have the famous case of uh Dr. Herbert Hopkins, um, where, you know, they made, I guess it was a penny actually disappear in his hand. And they said that, you know, if you don't stop what you're doing, the next time this is going to be like your heart or insinuating that he would have some kind of a heart attack or, you know, whatever. But um, I mean, I guess that would be one of like the biggest stories. Is there any other kind of stories that you've heard that are like as frightening or anything like that? Um, You know, there are several you know, stories over the years of these, you know, men in black showing up, you know, you have men in black stories, uh, you know, around you know, Point Pleasant, you know, with, with the Mothman stories. And so, uh, you know, did that have to do with some sort of government operation or, you know, was it related again to some sort of, of ET activity? You know, what exactly was that? Cause you have this, you know, fearsome, you know, moth creature that's been seen around the area. People related to the silver bridge collapse, you know, whether, that was just coincidence or not. We don't know. Uh, there were, you know, some military uh, installations around there. So maybe they're trying to, you know, keep people from finding out about that. But then you have the crazy stories about like injured cold and all that. So, yeah, you, know, you have these, you know, different stories kind of interweaving together. So it almost seems like some of them, yes, they are government officials trying to to keep you away from, these secret military installations and uh, you know whatever operations that that are ongoing there, and again they interrogate you to find out what what do you know so far, what do you think you know, but then you have others that you know seem to be uh, more extraterrestrial in nature, and, and when it comes to a place like that with Point Pleasant, it seems to be a mix of the two. So then it makes you wonder, okay, so is the government working with? ETs there at that location. You have both factions there working together uh, to to try to keep the public out. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously if, if it's something that, that this is like, I guess one of the things I'd always found fascinating when they would show up is, you know, obviously if, well, so I've heard multiple, I guess, thoughts on what people think they are. You know, obviously some people think that there's some kind of demon because of the sulfur aspect, you know, for those, those people, other people that say that they work for the government or you know, other people that say they're aliens or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's kind of a weird thing that whenever something would happen, like a UFO or even the Mothman, that they would be there. So that would kind of, I guess, kind of lead you down the road of like, in in my head, that maybe they were kind of testing the technology and these people were just kind of out there to monitor and just to see like who was there to see and be like, hey, well, you know, don't say anything or whatever. Or when it comes to like the Mothman, like like the alien aspect of it, that maybe they're i guess some kind of aliens that are that are following along i mean it's it's always kind of a weird thing i guess it would just kind of depend on what the occasion was and how they would show up but um it's kind of stories all over the place i mean have you heard of that kind of demon aspect of it as well well yeah <laughs> i get that a lot in uh in the field that i do a lot of my research in which you know comes out of the paranormal supernatural realm and uh, in, in my book, A Walk in the Shadows, Complete Guide to Shadow People, the whole uh, last part of that book, uh, there's a section on uh, you know, the, the darker side of things. So, you know, are these things demonic? Are they evil? That sort of thing. And, you know, in, in my opinion that, yes, there are some things that are, you know, truly evil in nature. I've, en- I've encountered some of that, but, you know, I've been involved some way, shape or form in this field for 30 years. And there's one case that I've been on that uh, was actually deemed demonic it was a it was a red-eyed shadow entity but for the most part um for the most part no they're 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 not uh demonic or evil um you can have like maybe a nasty human spirit that's you know do some, doing something nefarious uh, or you could have an extraterrestrial that um you know they're they're good and bad you know um you know people there are people out there who try to say you know all these you know all the spirits are are evil or all the shadow entities are evil or all the ETs are, are evil. And then you have ones that'll say that you know, all these things are benevolent and nice and they just want peace. And it's like, well, you know, you guys are wrong. Yes. Some of them are, but you're not right either. Uh, <laughs> you know, some, some of them, yes, are evil. Some of them are, you know, nice and benevolent. You know, it's just kind of like with humans, you have some humans that are good, some humans that are bad, kind of like the yin and the yang, you're going to have your good and your bad uh, in, in, anything that you're actually dealing with in this universe are two sides of the coin right yeah it's always kind of interesting i guess to see i guess what i guess how how people interpret them um you know just kind of based off what was actually happening out there you know like like for the most part when it comes to like aliens and such i kind of lean toward more of like the military aspect of it um it's just me personally i just just knowing people that I've spoken to that are like still actively serving and people within the intelligence community that I've spoken with, spent a lot of time with in the Middle East and such. So it's kind of a weird, I guess, kind of path that I started to follow and kind of lean more towards the military aspect of it instead of it actually being alien in nature. But um, I mean, I had a great story one time about, well, I won't say who, but it was a person I used to work with in the Middle East and uh, he was, I guess, I want to say 
he was kind of transitioning out of the military and into the intelligence aspect of what we were doing out there. And we were kind of hanging around one day and we were talking about like aliens and UFOs. That was just kind of what we did on our time off. And, and I found a lot of people that within the military that actually believe in, you know, like I, I believe in aliens and I believe in UFOs and like, I've seen this and I've seen that. And it's just kind of a weird place to be when you're in the military. And, and this, this person that I, that was in charge of large battalions of troops and, you know, all kinds of things. And we're kind of sitting there smoking on the smoke deck and we kind of get to talking one night and, and it's just like, yeah, you know, these UFO things, you know, there's no doubt that we know of them and we've been in contact with some and this and that, but you know, the, the men in black thing kind of came up and it's just like, oh yeah, these are our people. And like, we, you know, it was kind of a weird roundabout way of saying that they weren't from outer space and that they weren't exactly human either. It was just kind of a weird kind of conversation we were having without actually nailing anything down. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it, but you know, that's, that's pretty much par for the course when it, when it yeah. comes to being in the military. Cause yeah. you know, again, you know, I, I spent six years in the air force and, you know, whenever topics like that would come up, it was always this weird kind of dance that you did <laughs> because you didn't want to say the wrong thing and end up in trouble. So you're, even though everybody kind of knows something's going on, nobody yeah. wants to actually say it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely um, over the many years I was there, it was kind of a weird thing because it's like you kind of get confirmation but then you kind of don't and then i'm left with more right. questions than i originally had and i was just like well i think you said yes but i wasn't sure so i was just like yeah whatever but <laughs> it's like yeah just on to the next but yeah i mean it's kind of a weird thing it's, it's especially when it comes to places that are kind of you know like you mentioned top secret areas and th- you know things of that nature and it's a lot of crazy I guess, tailing and kind of watching, you know, like I mentioned, I worked on an installation where there was a lot of nuclear things that were going on. Um, we even had like giant barge, like Russian barges that would kind of pass on the waterfront and be trying to spy on us and all kinds of crazy things that would happen. And um, yeah, it's just out in the middle of the woods, you would see a lot of weird things out there in South Carolina and it's, it's yeah. like, you know, out on the river and such. So uh, it's definitely interesting, but it's just kind of, I mean, like everything else, when it comes to the paranormal, you would really love to know, and you would probably never get like any kind of certain answer, like definitive. No, answer it's, it's like, it is. yeah, any, anything that you, um, that you think you get an answer for it's, it's really just like a small piece, but it leads to about a hundred more questions. Yeah. So, you know, you see something, okay. I, I, I saw something, I have a pretty good idea of what that is, but wait a minute, how did that work? How did that manifest? How did that come about? Um, you know, so it, it just leads you down a rabbit hole of, of more and more questions. And, uh, but, but yeah, you know, being in the military and, you know, being a part of, you know, some top secret areas, there are things that, you know, even, you know, today, you know, I could still kind of question, okay, what exactly can or can I not talk about? You know, I was up there in, in Alaska uh, just after the end of the Cold War, after uh, the USSR had dissolved, right. and you know, it's just it's just across the water over there, yeah, <laughs> you know? you can see and it. we don't know what's going on. You know, an, an earthquake hits, it goes off like a bomb, and you're like, wait a minute, it, it's did, you know, was that was that Russia? You know, what was going on? Yeah. Um, but then, and then ending up at uh, 
uh, at NSA, uh, kind of almost basically the other side of the uh, uh, of the country. And that's like a whole other world. And right. there are some really wild things you see being involved in there. Yeah. And um, and so and so, yeah, these types of interviews like this, I, I kind of do a little bit of a dance. And there's certain mm-hmm. things that I know I can say and other things that I know I have to refrain from. So. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's an interesting <laughs> world, and even when you're in there, like we talked about earlier, you're kind of doing that that little dance. So what can we actually talk about? <laughs> sure. No, yeah, it's, yeah. it's rough. I mean, and I've, I've had a lot of conversations, especially on on air. Well, half conversations where I have some of these stories and things that I would like to discuss, and I, I know that I know this and that, and just like well, yeah. maybe keep this out and kind of insinuate maybe this and that, but it's rough when you can't say anything because then people think you're lying or you're full of shit. Sorry, excuse my language. But, no, they'll show you know, up at your door. I mean, I was on, <laughs> I was on Jimmy Church's show. Uh, yeah. was it back in, in November? And, um, you know, he's been trying to get me to spill the beans about NSA for a while. He kind of, kind of in a joking fashion, you know, like mm. at the, uh, at the uh, conference last year, UFO mega conference, you know, he comes up to ask me a question. He's like, you know, tell us all about NSA. I'm like, I, <laughs> you know, but, but on his show back in November, um, you know, we, I, I told Jimmy, okay, we can go down that road a little bit. And, you know, cause I know you want to talk about NSA. Sure. And so we start going down that, that road and we're kind of dancing around a few things. And we got to a point, it's like, I, I, I can't confirm or deny this over here. You know, I don't want the guy showing up on my doorstep. And he's like, Oh, don't worry. We won't go there. Cause he'll show up on my doorstep too. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. even he's trying to be careful, even though he'll try to push it. He knows that there's a place where you have to stop. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of a, I guess it's, I mean, you know, you know, obviously where you can and can go, but it's kind of how far you want to get up to that line before you have to turn back and, you know, but yeah, it sucks. You know, it's, especially holding some kind of security clearance and stuff like that. And there's a lot of stuff that I was associated with where I, I was required to have, you know, my entire time when I was in the military and, you know, all those stories are just kind of reserved for the people that lived it, you know, like all the people that you were there with. And even though, you know, you've seen a lot of cool stuff and it's just like, sorry, man, like, I can't tell you. Can't go there. <laughs> yeah, can't it's, go there. It's, it's rough. Yeah, but I, so, so I guess like Men in Black, I've never, I don't know if you have, but it's, have, has there ever been any kind of reports like around the world? I mean, I've only ever heard stories within the States. I've never, I mean, maybe one or two that have been, I guess maybe one that was kind of in the Middle East, but it wasn't like out in town anywhere. It was, you know, like some of the military bases, but. Yeah, it does seem to be more U.S. based. And when it's, when it's international, like the Rendlesham Forest incident, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the, the men in black were involved with that as well. But again, you're talking about, uh, you know, in, in, in Air Force installation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so these, these men in black that, uh, you know, basically interrogated Jim Penniston and John Burroughs. Uh, you know, they were probably associated with the with the U.S. military, uh, or if not the military, some sort of government faction. Uh, and they weren't they weren't the typical OSI guys, Office of Special Investigations. These were somebody else's guys, uh, but they were certainly men in black. Sure. And so, yeah, it's in the U.K but still U S air force installation. Um, you know, it's so you wonder, is this strictly, you know, a U S thing or is it, 
Um, so I'm, I'm trying to think here. Uh, the, the Canada thing, yeah. it was the, it was the uh, or Niagara Falls thing. It was the Canada side of Niagara Falls. So you could you could say that that one's international, but I mean it's just right across the border. Right. Um, yeah, you don't hear too many other you know international ones like that. I'd, I'd have to do a little bit of digging. Yeah, because I think there's been some ones in Germany. Uh, I just I can't think off the top of my head though. Yeah, it's definitely in my looking into it over, I mean, several years prior, but, you know, here recently, it's, I'd never heard of anything that's associated with another country that we weren't associated with in either militarily or anything like that. But um, yeah, I mean, you don't, you never hear anything outside of the country, at least I've never heard of anything personally. I'm sure there's some out there, but um, it's kind of more, I've always been interested in you know, obviously nobody knows who they are, where they come from, but has there ever been any kind of, I guess, insinuation as to what, I guess, government agency would be responsible for them? Because I've never heard, like, you know, like, obviously we don't know, but like, maybe this place has been associated or, you know, things like that. Yeah, so a lot of time NSA gets gets accused of uh, being the home of the men in black. The CIA is another yeah. one. Uh, so, and then there's also the idea that they are their own little secret, you know, government uh, organization that doesn't have an official name, right. uh, that, that they're somebody else's baby or almost kind of works outside as their own, as their own entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, what, what I can say as far as, uh, what, what can I say <laughs> as far as NSA <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, nothing really. I mean, you know, I, I would say with my experience with the NSA, there are certainly men in black type things that mm-hmm. I did witness there. Can't say anything specific, but yeah, no, yeah, it's it's definitely like that. Those wings of certain agencies that right they handle the special stuff and things like that. But you know, like I said, it's without actually without them actually coming forward and saying, you know, who I. I work for this and, you know, making such and such that's kind of just right. out there for anybody's interpretation really. So, um, which is unfortunate it's cause even just kind of maybe narrowing it down a bit to kind of like, Oh, well, you know, they come from this part of the air force or this part right. of NSA or whatever, then we can kind of give an idea, but that, yeah, I'm in the same, but I've never heard of anything besides like FBI, something yeah, like well, that, NSA. Yeah. Well, like with NSA, I mean, um, you know, a, a lot of people know that they're a very secretive organization. Um, I didn't really see a lot of thug type of people while I was there. And, and that's what you usually have with, you know, the men in black. They have, you know, like we mentioned earlier, you know, they, they interrogate you, they threaten you, that sort of thing. And it wasn't so much that that I saw at NSA as it was you know, the information gathering, the surveillance, and, you know, without becoming the next Edward Snowden, I'll kind of stop there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I saw Snowden type stuff while I was there. I kind of mm-hmm. helped support that sort of stuff. So, sure. um, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. It. No, it's, it's kind of a weird, I mean, so, I mean, obviously we all hear of men in black and until recently I had never heard of women in black, but apparently that's a thing now. I mean, have you heard of anything about that? Like in the past, had you heard of anything like that? prior to i guess maybe the last four or five years i had I never yeah not not until recently it does seem like women in black are becoming you know, 
a little bit more of a thing. But yeah. uh, when we're talking about your classic men in black cases from the late 40s, early yeah. 1950s and, and onward, you know, no, it, they usually these were intimidating guys uh, that yeah. would show up at your door. So, uh, yeah, the, the women in black thing is a little bit new, but, um, you know. Awesome, you know. I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm pro about, woman in black, absolutely. We're all, we're all about equity here, so it's <laughs> yeah. And it's it's kind of, I mean, it's it's a, uh, I, I guess it's kind of relates to the whole like Slenderman kind of thing. So like Slenderman didn't exist until people started bringing it up online, and then people right. started seeing it out in public. And I could say, I guess maybe because of the movies that all well, of a sudden, yeah, and then uh, Slender. That's another uh, good point, the whole Slender Man thing, because, yeah, that was just a, it was a Photoshop contest. And the guy did a great job on it because he included the creepy little story. And then Mm -hmm. people started, you know, perpetuating that and creating their own Slender Man photos and their own little stories to go along with it. But uh, because of that, people, people have been asking me for years, is is Slender Man a type of shadow person? Is he a man in black? And all that sort of thing, because of the way he looks. Right. right. Um, And it's like, no, he's not either one. I mean, he's a, he's a piece of fiction. That, you know, some people believe that because um, so many people have kind of put power into this thought and idea that it's a, they've brought it to life. It's a tulpa. It's a, it's a sentient being. It's the kind of Buddhist idea of the thought form coming to life. Um, And, you know, perhaps because those, those things have happened in the past where, you know, people have put enough energy into something that a sentient being has, has come to life. Um, But no, Slender Man would not be a shadow person. No, Slender Man would not be a man in black. It would be his own thing if it's actually real. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a weird, I guess, kind of, I had never heard of Slender Man until they had that incident with those two little girls. Oh, yeah. That that was scene terrible. It, and then they had, you know, but it was up until that point. I mean, you would see like the videos on YouTube and like, like the video games and such, but mm-hmm. You know, prior to like when all that kind of stuff started happening, like you would never see any of that. And a lot, a lot of crazy stuff gets brought up online and then it feeds into it and then like more and more people get behind it and then it starts to become a thing. And it's just kind of a weird kind of thing of the internet. But um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, with the whole women and black thing, um, and like I said, it's probably just one of those things where it's just, popular nowadays especially with the movies and such and then all of a sudden people started seeing them everywhere you know but i i've still never heard any kind of story where you know there was like oh well, there was a ufo and then this woman came up and she was a man in black or whatever and i'm sure the story's out there obviously because it's a thing now but uh, i've never heard anything related but i mean you know even with i'd always thought maybe the men in black would they kind of be related well maybe not if probably their own separate thing but do people kind of confuse them with like the hat man as well is, is that oh sure yeah yeah well and, and you know the original story i told with with albert k bender you know because they were wearing the hats um you know it's it's kind of that thing like oh that's a that's a hat a hat man type of story and so um so yeah there there's the idea that some of these uh men in black could be those uh, those hat wearing type of, of shadow entities. And, you know, there's a lot of different ideas as to who and what they could possibly be. Uh, my, my good friend, James Keenan, who does a lot of 
uh, work out there uh, in the Uintah Basin, like Skinwalker Ranch, Blind, Blind Frog right. Ranch, all that. Uh, he has an idea that he thinks the hat might be some sort of technology, that there's something right. within that hat that is, you know, powering them, whether they're, you know, an ET or something else that's helping them to maybe, whether it's move through different dimensions, move through time, move across uh, the country to different areas very quickly. Right. Um, you know, we don't know for sure, but uh, it's an interesting idea. Right. No, I mean, that would make sense. You know, a lot of people that see the hat man or whatever, you know, just kind of see that how the corner of their eye and you know, when they look and not there all of a sudden. So, I mean, that would make sense. And it's kind of a terrifying, the whole shadow man aspect of it was, I mean, I had one experience when I was, I don't know, like 13 years old, 12 years old. So that was like, I don't know, 23 years ago or such, but um so I'll tell you really quick. I was at home and I used to, before I ever started sleeping with my door closed. And because of this reason is why I sleep with my bedroom door closed and mm-hmm. locked ever since this one point. But at that point I used to sleep in my bedroom door wide open. Um, and we had this long hallway that led all the way down to the dining room. Um, and one day I was sleeping and you, you know, how you get that feeling that when you're asleep or like when you're laying down, you just have that feeling like somebody's behind you, but you don't want to turn around. And you're just like, if I turn around, there's going to be something there. Um, so for some reason, I got the nerve to just turn over. And when I turned over, I was looking directly at the door. And there was somebody standing in the, in the doorway, just staring at me. Um, and I sat there for maybe about 10 minutes or such. I didn't want to move or get up. Um, and then I, after staring at it for so long, it finally turned and walked down the hall. Um, so I get up. I don't know why. Go to the door stick my head out the door and look down the hallway and I could see the figure just walking. It was just in the middle of the night. So you could just like see the shadow. And at the end of the hallway, you make a right, that's the dining room. And once you get into the dining room on the right-hand side, there is a swinging door into the kitchen. Um, so I made the right at the end of the hall and I started walking down the hallway, followed it, made that right as well into the dining room, came to the kitchen door and the light on was the light was on you could see it underneath the door and to get in you would just push the door open you could walk into the kitchen so i tried to push in and the the door wouldn't open like at all wouldn't move or anything just trying to force it open over and over again nothing and then all after a while it just opened by itself walked in there was nobody in there the kitchen was fairly small and we had deadbolts in the back door it was two of them and then like the main lock and from that back door, you go out into the backyard, um, and there was there was nobody in there, and all the locks were still locked. Like if you know we had closed them and everything, um, and then there was just nobody there. But the lights were on, so I don't know. Like that was just kind of my experience with it. That was the only time that I had ever seen one, and, and like I said, I've been sleeping with my bedroom door locked ever since. And I'm never sleeping my door open because I don't want to wake up one day and then there's just somebody standing there, you know, whether it be an actual shadow man or somebody else, you know, whatever. But I sleep with a gun next to my bed. So (laughs) that would be, there you go. That would be rough for whoever, you know, was actually there. So, but that's, I mean, so I don't know, like I'm from El Paso originally, way West Texas, uh, Air Force Base. Uh, Air Force Base, Army Base, um, just live by the airport, whether that's connected, whether there's, I mean, there's reports of like UFOs and across the border and they're 
right there in Juarez, Mexico. There's always crazy stuff happening there, you know, related to like ghosts or UFOs. They even had like a few stories of Bigfoot, which was weird, like in the middle of the desert. I don't, I've never seen anything like that, but it's a lot of, I guess, Mexican people out there. So like the religious aspect of it comes into it as well. A lot of people from Mexico, and you know, they practice their stuff out there as well. So it's, it's, it's a very hot area um, within Texas out there because you're right on the border. So there's just a lot of crazy stuff happening out there. So it's, it's weird. I mean, <laughs> you see a lot of crazy stuff, especially, you know, stuff related to like demons and ghosts and right. La Llorona for anybody who knows what that is. She's out there as well. Yep. The Rio Grande. So it's, you know, it's a lot of crazy stuff up, up in the mountains as well. And it's just kind of, it's, it's definitely a great place if you're into that kind of stuff, um, you know, with ghosts and such. So that's, that's always been a good spot for it. But, um, you know, like out here, I'm in Dallas now. So um, there's not a whole, I mean, there's apparently Bigfoot stories um, with like in inside of Dallas, like close to downtown, which is weird because mm-hmm. it's all buildings and such. And there's like one part of downtown Dallas where it's wide open, it's trees everywhere and like a lot of bridges and stuff. So apparently they hide like in the bushes in there. I, I mean, that's interesting. How that happens is, is weird, but I mean, nobody's ever been able to find one. So I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Cause usually the reports are like out in the woods or even I spent three years in Oklahoma. Um, okay. You know, there's some people who report, you know, seeing them walk through the backyard. But um, yeah, in the downtown Dallas, I would not have guessed that. So, yeah, once you get, I guess, kind of South Dallas, you kind of cross this point where you there's like several bridges into like South Dallas, like outside of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that area underneath all the bridges, there's like this giant, I guess they're going to turn into like a park or something. So it's all grass and trees underneath. And like a bunch of bushes and all that stuff, but I just don't see how they would get into that area without being seen. Because at some point, there you have to go to the city to get to that part, and it's just like a I don't know, it's like a weird area that you wouldn't just expect. But it's it's really huge, so you know maybe in the middle of the night, but it's it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's a weird part of it. Yeah. yeah, I'd have to go take a trip and see what we can find, but. But at the same time, I don't want to. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what happens if you encounter one? Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to see one, but when you come face to face, then. Yeah. Tell them, hold still so this, the picture's not blurry. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a weird thing. But yeah. And then I guess so we were kind of talking about how you kind of skip more sightings like around Air Force bases and such. You know, it's especially like around the world. Um, I guess, you know, we'll kind of go back to that whole point we were talking about earlier when it comes to whether it's just like UFOs, um, obviously they had the Mothman, uh, encounter as well, where they, you know, where they showed up, but I guess, can you kind of maybe give your thoughts on, I guess we kind of already covered why it would just be UFOs, but, um, how far does like the cover-up aspect go when it comes to the men in black? I mean, has there ever been any kind of parts of government or like any kind of agencies that have come out and say like, Oh, they don't exist. Or, you know, I have actually spoken about them. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, uh, the U S government is, is not going to admit that we have a, uh, a 
a division of guys that are going to go out there and interrogate you and intimidate <laughs> you so you don't talk about things. Um, yeah. They won't ever admit that. Um, there's, you know, when it comes to government, when it comes to uh, cover-ups, conspiracy, I mean, they will deny, deny, deny until they're blue in the face, um, right. which is which is unfortunate. Um, you know, it's... So a few years back, we interviewed uh, John D'Souza. He's known as the uh, the X-Man. He's right. a former FBI agent. Um, and we're talking to him about all kinds of different you know, government conspiracies. You know, we're talking 9-11 and, and all right. these different things. He's And I asked him, you know, I'm sure there's certain things you can't really talk about, you know, being a former FBI agent. He's like, well, you know, because there are so many different, you know, conspiracy theories and ideas and things like this out there, they actually don't mind us talking uh, about a lot of these different topics, you know, because there's so many different stories out there that, you know, there's no way to discern what the real truth is anymore. So I was like, right. okay, great. So I asked him about uh, TWA flight 800, the one that you know exploded coming out of New York, because I had a, uh, a cousin who was on that flight. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what, Mike, that's the one thing I can't actually talk about. <laughs> and it was like, wow. Okay. And if you look into that case, uh, there is just, you know, cover up upon cover up upon cover up uh, with that. And my, um, it'd be my second cousin. He was my uh, dad's cousin mm. that uh, he just, he went so, um, I mean, it was his daughter that he lost. And he just, you know, went so over the top trying to get to the heart of the matter of what in the world actually happened in that case, you know, right. You know, was it a missile that was accidentally launched? You know, was it a, a, a bomb or, you know, what, what in the world happened on this thing um, that it just, it destroyed uh, his marriage, which was, you know, really terrible. But um, yeah, to this day, you know, the government is still denied any, you know, any wrongdoing there any, yeah. and yeah, any involvement. And so, um, and, so, and so that'll happen, you know, with a lot of these different, you know, cases where they will deny, deny, deny. So they're never going to, you know, admit that, yeah, we have a, you know, a division out there that's doing this, that, or the other thing. Even when they release, you know, the different uh, CIA documents and things like that, like you can go to, uh, you know, the CIA reading room, bring up all these old documents. And there's some interesting little tidbits that you can find in there, but there's so much that's redacted too. So it's like, yeah, you're trying to read it. And it's like, half of this doesn't even make any sense because I can't put a sentence together here. You know, there'll be like, you know, whole pages that are blacked out except for like one word. Word. you know, yeah, it's the point. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. there's even some stuff like um when I was doing my uh research for the Alaska Triangle book where uh you know documents that had been out there in the CIA reading room that I could find uh elsewhere on the internet were no longer in the CIA reading room. So it's like, okay, why did that get removed? Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of so <laughs> you can you obviously lead to or you could point to JFK case as well, you know, they were, they were going to release all the documents and I guess maybe they kind of released a few here and there and then they closed everything else off and now they're starting to push it back again. It's, you know, when it comes to like 9-11, like you said, I actually had James Corbin on the show and we were talking about 9-11 and he was giving his his thoughts on it as well. And, and and even to this day, 9-11 is a sore spot for a lot of people. Obviously, it's for a lot of people that had other people that were in the towers or like on the on the flights, you know, obviously for them it's a very sore 
subject, you know, they obviously have people that they lost on that day, but even just speaking about it, I was speaking with him about it for a show and that show was taken down from YouTube. Like they mm-hmm. took, they, they cited it for some kind of violation. I think it was like hate speech or something, oh, which, which was like yeah. ridiculous. I still have the episode. I have it on Rumble. If anybody wants to watch it, you can yeah. go back and watch it. But um, I was just like, what hate speech where? And I was, I even wrote back to YouTube like a few times and I was going back and forth with some people and I was like, show me where like the hate speech is. And I even went back to watch the episode as well. And there was nothing in there that was like anything related and they're just like, no, we just took it down. Like it was like hate speech and you guys went against the guidelines or whatever they are. And then I was just like, like yeah, anything controversial anymore, they don't want no part of. So they'll they'll cite whatever, whether it's hate speech or whatever, just to say, okay, something was in there just because they don't want it on their platforms. They don't want to be, they're, they're really, really careful now about, because uh, they don't want some sort of lawsuit or even the government coming after them for some reason. So they just are really, really, you know, finicky about anything controversial, which is sad because it's, you know, it's a form of censorship these days. You know, we're supposed to have, you know, you know freedom of speech, freedom of the press and all that. And it's just becoming more and more restricted these days. Yeah. Yeah. It was unfortunate. I mean, you can't even, I mean, I don't know how many Facebook accounts I've lost over the years um, for the same reasons. And, and I have to start new ones up and stuff like that. And I'm only on there because, of the show page and stuff like that. But um, we had tried to go live on Facebook for a while as well. And there was just too many complaints and they would flag you for certain things. And it's just like, uh, it's not worth it. <laughs> we can barely yeah. get along on YouTube and, you know, we're going to be moving over to rumble or, or getter um, one of the two, but we'll be going live and stuff like that. So it's obviously the point is to get off of like YouTube and, Facebook and then Twitter and all that stuff. That's just, there's no way you could do any kind of real journalism, which is not what I do, but any kind of shows or anything that kind of relate to the truth. It's just not, you have yeah. no shot. Well, what you're doing actually is, is a bit of a form of journalism. So yeah, yeah. I guess we can so call it, it, that. it would fall. It would fall. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it would fall under freedom of the press, but I know they just, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're not going to, you know, I had, it's I had unfortunate. Never, I had never like experienced, I guess, crossing that line up until that point. Everything that I, you know, like we kind of talk about, we kind of try to fly underneath that radar of like being too controversial. You know, we speak about, we had a few episodes about China and what, what they're doing to all the Uyghur Muslims out there and, and, and stuff like that. And then we actually had um, a few pastors on and, preachers and stuff and talking about all kinds of things like that but we kind of hit that point where it's just like all right well we can kind of fly by here but yeah once you start getting into some crazy stuff out there they don't like it too much <laughs> yeah so which is going to be weird because you know, obviously we they had the whole controversy with the warriors part owner that was talking about the muslims out there in china mm-hmm. so we'll, next next week we'll have a guest on who's actually out there right now who speaks about that. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be rough. <laughs> but we'll see if we can kind of get off of what we're doing here and you know just move along to something else. But um, yeah, so I guess with like our last few minutes that we have together here, um, I guess, do you have any new books in the works? Do you have uh, 
any kind of new topics that you're working on that you'd be able to share with us? Um, sure. So, uh, you know, the next book I'm working on is, is connecting the universe. So it's, you know, kind of the theme of, uh, you know, my, my podcast. Well, really it's a, uh, it's an interactive class that I put on on, on Wednesday nights and I end up uh, putting it out there as a podcast later, but it's an entire classroom presentation. You can ask questions and all that through that's through the connected universe portal, uh, right. which is an online learning platform uh, that I have together right now. So connected universe portal.com. Right. Um, so I'm working on a book that covers all of those uh, esoteric topics of, of uh, the connected universe. Right. Uh, so that's a big project uh, that's underway. I just finished up the audio book for Alaska's mysterious triangle. So that, uh, we'll be coming out here very soon. Uh, I'll also be doing an audio book for the second edition of A Walk in the Shadows. So uh, that second edition book is out, but the audiobook version of it is still first edition. So I need okay, to okay. Do, do the second edition. And uh, we have a bunch of tours coming up. So you know, we're going to a lot of um, you know fascinating uh, sites around the world. Ireland this summer, uh, nice. next summer or next winter, next February, we're going back to Egypt. And next summer, uh, we're doing the whole Alaska Triangle tour as well. So, um, so a lot of different things like that uh, that I'm going to be doing. And uh, Shadow Dimension season two uh, in the process of production. So nice, yeah, yeah. and that a lot whole, of projects. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stay busy. And that whole uh, Alaskan Triangle is kind of, I guess, what they say. It's like another triangle, like when it comes to. The Bermuda Triangle is that kind of how that yeah that works yeah and some people you know used to refer to it as Alaska's Bermuda Triangle okay. um, but with with the new television show out they just kind of truncated to the Alaska Triangle but there are other places like that around the world too like the Dragon Triangle out in Japan right. uh, you had the Bridgewater Triangle in um, in Massachusetts there's a Lake Michigan Triangle so you have all these different uh, triangle areas and it's it's kind of the same thing where you know you have missing airplanes missing ships all kinds of you know UFO sightings and crazy, you know, paranormal activity that happens in this area. And it's because of the, uh, the unusual electromagnetic properties of the area. Right. Yeah. I have a, I have a buddy that actually lives out in Alaska, um, like a remote area of Alaska where you have to take like another small Cessna just to get to where his mm-hmm. house is and such. So, uh, I've never spoken to him about anything related to like UFO or anything like that, you know, but, um, I don't, think he would tell me in any way i don't think he really believes in it so um but yeah i mean it's definitely uh an area where there's a lot of secrecy around you know obviously there's a lot of military bases out there and such and you even have the navy's underwater like sub listening station and like underwater and stuff so um there's a lot of weird stuff actually happens out there um which you just can't i guess you wouldn't be able to find out if you were just to go out there you know they'd be watching you um but yeah uh mike i really appreciate your time sir um i really appreciate yeah. you coming on um for everybody that wants to find the books can they get those on amazon as well as your website absolutely yeah and, and paul thank you so much for having me on today and discussing the men in black but yeah you can go to my website my rick mike ricksecker.com uh which the, that's another thing i've been working on is uh, <laughs> revamping the website so sure. a new version of that will be coming out here in the next week uh but yes I, all my books are out there on amazon as well Okay, so yeah, we'll have everything linked uh, down below the website as well as the books. So everybody wants to go ahead and pick one up, um, as well as the podcast. If you guys want to check it out, you can go over to mikerickshecker.com slash podcast. 
you'll find Connected in the Universe with Mike Ricksecker. Um, and we'll have the portal listed as well, connecteduniverseportal.com. Uh, if you guys want to check out more about the Men in Black, you can head over to iTunes and check out Who Saw Men in Black. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it, sir. I appreciate your time. And I hope you come back one day and we can discuss your future projects as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. So for everybody that was checking us out today, we really appreciate you guys stopping in for another episode. Um, like I mentioned, we'll have all of the links to our social media down below, Twitter, Getter, Instagram, Facebook, and Rumble. Um, if you guys are catching us on the go, want to check us out, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio at Truth Defender Podcast. Shoot us an email if you guys have any questions or comments for myself or our guests. Or if you have any guests or topic recommendations, we can get those sorted out for you guys. Uh, shoot us an email at thetripdefender1776 at gmail.com. Uh, for everybody that we just picked up, a uh, few listeners, uh, different parts of the world, actually. So we got new listeners over the Christmas break from the Philippines, Spain, Puerto Rico, uh, yeah, and from Nigeria, which is kind of a trip out. We actually reached out that far. Um, so I appreciate you guys. Hong Kong as well, uh, Japan and Poland. So uh, thanks you guys for checking us out as well. Um, stay tuned for future episodes. Next week, we'll be back with Mitch Gerber. He'll be back on again. Uh, we'll be definitely talking about what's going on in China still uh, with the Uyghur Muslims as well as the Falun Gong. Uh, so to give us an update on what's going on out there with him. Uh, so everybody come back for another episode and we really appreciate you guys. Uh, everybody stay safe out there. Stay blessed. And most of all, stay frosty. Thank you.